Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking about Damien on Saying It Sam, we'll also be talking about Doggone Adventure, Cat in the Hat, and also Driftwood Bay. We have here, in this corner, weighing in about four documentaries already filmed, if I'm correct, let's see, one, two, three, four, well, weighing in about multiple filmed documentaries, he shoots like a butterfly and films like a bee, we have the wonderful Robert S. Bader talking about his new documentary, Ali and Cavett. The Tale of the Tapes. Thank you so much, Mr. Beta, for being on the show. Well, thank you. It's Cavett, by the way. Just Cavett, for, In me. case he hears it, I don't want to get in trouble. But, um, yeah, I'm really thrilled about the film. It's uh, something I've been working on for a few years. And it just came as a result of Dick writing a couple of articles for the New York Times about his friendship with Muhammad Ali and having had him on his talk show 14 times way back in the 60s, 70s. And 80s, Dick had a show from 1968 until 1996 on various networks. And Ali was just a regular guest back in the 60s and 70s. So he talked about him a lot. Now, before we get into the actual film itself, which is out now, so hopefully looking for distributors right now, um, we wa- I want to talk about your past because you have made quite a, uh, a numerous amount of documentaries specifically sitting around um, Dick's show. So, like, what's your fascination with uh, with this subject? Well, I started working with the Dick Cavett Show archive about 15 or 16 years ago for the purpose of getting some of them released on DVD. And in the course of doing that, I was really fascinated by the archive. And I was a guy who grew up during the time the Dick Cavett Show was on. So I certainly remember it and I watched it. And when I saw the amount of material on certain topics, it struck me that it would be really hard for somebody to license all of this stuff and make a film out of it. But since I have access to the archive, I'm in a unique position to do special things with it. So that's why we were able to do something for PBS a few years ago called Dick Cavett's Watergate, because he had many of the people who were involved in the Watergate scandal in the mid-70s. And then we did a show called Dick Cavett's Vietnam, which was about the Vietnam War, because many of the people who were involved in the protests at the time and some of the people from the Nixon administration were on the show. So we had a unique perspective because his show really was a great place to voice all viewpoints. And he had people on, for lack of a better phrase, who were pro-Vietnam and anti-Vietnam. And it was made for a very interesting couple of shows we did for PBS. And I decided for the Ali thing, it needed to be a little bit more than a television show. So it's longer and it's a little bit more detailed in what it tries to say. And I'm really happy that it's uh, getting out there. Now, my question is, because it's interesting because um, Dick and Ali had a very interesting relationship. Many uh, many people didn't in the beginning because it just seemed like they were just constantly arguing sometimes because just like, you know, Ali was known for his rhymes and always picking a fight with people, but like they really had a very strong friendship for many of years. So like what made that relationship interesting to you? Well, the thing that really fascinates me is they seem they're very unlikely pair when you look at who they both were back in those days. And the thing is, Ali was pretty honest about this with the people who were close to him. The whole thing with the trash talking was just an act. He was trying to generate publicity for his fights, but he was actually a pretty decent, sweet guy. And Cavett developed a real friendship with him. They met in 1963 when he was still Cassius Clay and Cavett was a writer for the Jerry Lewis talk show. And, you know, when Cavett got a show about five years later, Ali was the first guest. And he was just a really good talk show guest, even when he had controversial things to talk about. He was just very media savvy. And I think it's it's hard to explain to people today what the media was like then. I mean, it was basically three network television channels and no cable, no Internet. The news was given to you mostly by a newspaper. There wasn't cable news all the time. So. When Ali went on a network talk show, it was a pretty big deal. And when he would go on and talk about his problems with, you know, going into the army and the Supreme Court and losing his title and all the controversial things he was involved with, and especially the Nation of Islam, it was unusual for 
a guy like that to get network television time, and Cavett was the guy who gave it to him. It's very interesting, and especially since this this film um, does deal with a lot of social and political issues, and we will I'd like to talk more about that. But first, I want to just mention that our sponsor for today's show is. Flugels, Project Egg Hunt. We're going to also be talking about many films such as A Wrinkle in Time, Saying It's Sam, A Doggone Adventure, Cat in the Hat Season 2, and Lily's Driftwood Bay Season 1. Now, getting back in our interview with the wonderful Mr. Bader, so this film does talk about many social and political issues. How do you feel like that this documentary kind of showcases some relevant commentary? Well, the first thing I wanted to make really clear when I started doing the film was that I didn't want to make a film about a guy who was just a boxer. I mean, boxing is marginally interesting to me, but Ali as a personality and what he represented outside of boxing was really what was very interesting to me. And I think also to Cabot, you know, there was a point in their relationship where Cabot would encourage him to retire because he was starting to get hurt. So the last thing I wanted to do was do another boxing film. There are numerous films where you want to just see Ali box, you can. I wanted to talk about what kind of guy he was, you know, the things he went through and, you know, the way he handled the media and his friendship with Dick Cavett, which I think really makes it for makes for a very different and unique story. And the social stuff that Ali dealt with, much of it is still around today. It's pretty relevant. And he blazed a trail, I think, for people who were going to protest something and putting themselves on the line. Ali did things that were very costly to his career in the interest of his beliefs. And I think you see a little bit of that today, but not on the scale of a guy who's the heavyweight champion of the world, basically standing on a principle and letting them take away his title and being put out of his job for four years while he fought it out with the government. It's a pretty special thing. And, you know, you probably wouldn't see something like that today because the government couldn't treat anyone the way they treated Huntley today and get away with it. Very true. Now, also what's interesting is that you have to go through a lot of archival footage, uh, I'm sure, for making a film like this. So what do you think is some of the difficulties on like, piecing together the, the right story you want to tell? The biggest problem I had was not making the film run for four hours because there was so much wonderful <laughs> material. Just the stuff of Ali and Cavett together on the Dick Cavett show is tremendous. I really have a wealth of riches there. But the other pieces that I needed to really fill in the story and put some context into it, I had to go out to look in the newsreels and archives of other things. And again, there's so much. Ali is probably one of the most filmed and covered people of the last 50, 60 years. I mean, you'd probably put him up there with people like, you know, John Lennon and JFK in terms of how much film footage you'll find in news archives. I mean, it's just tremendous. And then you get down to trying to find some very specific comments by him. So, you know, over the course of the last few years, I've looked at probably as much Muhammad Ali documentary type footage as there is. I mean, I don't think I missed much. Uh, I did find everything I wanted to find for the film, and I've become an unwitting expert on Muhammad Ali newsreel footage. So I've looked at a lot. But what you see there is what really made the cut after trying to really figure out how to tell the story. And that takes a lot of dedication and hard work, not only for you as the director and um, producer, but also it's just like as helping out the editors as well, because just it's a lot of pacing together, but also trying to make it cinematic. Um, speaking of which, documentary filmmaking, in person to me, is a very underrated genre of films, because when, when people think documentaries, they think a history lesson, the stuff you're shown at school. And I think that's a total injustice, because like documentary filmmaking is is riveting and entertaining. So like, what do you feel like is the biggest, like, I think, for lack of a better word, misconception for documentary filmmaking as, as a documentarian yourself? Well, first of all, I enjoy the history lesson type of stuff. I, I'll watch lots of documentary on television, things about, you know, maybe World War II or the Civil War or, you know, any kind of piece of history really interests me. What I, I was trying to do with this, I mean, everybody knows about Muhammad Ali. And there's a fairly good chance that people of like the next, two or three generations will continue to know about Muhammad Ali. But I wanted to tell a story that wasn't known. And I think through his relationship with Dick Cavett, you get to see a Muhammad Ali you don't usually see. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was after. The idea of just doing a straight documentary on Muhammad Ali didn't really appeal to me that much because there's just so much out there about him. But this is a unique aspect of him that you can't do without the Dick Cavett show archives. And that's really what I was focused on. And it became a little bit more than I even thought it would be when we started. Um, 
it is very challenging to tell it in a kind of fluid fashion and make it run about an hour and a half or so. It runs 95 minutes. And it was tough to get it to tell the whole story. And it really is a challenge editorially to get it to work. Well, Mr. Bader, can, uh, is there anything else that you want to mention about this film that you want audiences to gain from it? Yeah, I think what's really interesting for a contemporary audience is just try to put yourself back in that time and understand just how different it was in the media and the perception of who these two fellows were. And, like, what are they doing together on television talking about the state of race relations and civil rights and the nation of Islam and white men and black men? It's very, very unusual that that was on television in 1968, 69, 70. It was very unusual for Ali to have a forum to talk about some of the stuff he talked about. We take it for granted today because you can see just about any kind of discussion on television. But the Dick Cavett show was sort of unique in its time. And Muhammad Ali, was not being invited on very many shows to voice his opinions about things. And the friendship that developed out of that is just so surprising. And it was a very warm friendship. And they were close for over 50 years. And uh, I think it's touching to just understand the friendship. I think the touching nature of their friendship does come out in the film, which makes me happy. Well, it's very, it's very interesting. It's a very intriguing relationship. And I can't wait to see it on the big screen. Uh, I do have one more question, though, because I'm, I'm very curious. You've been like following Dick Cavett's like story from all different angles for Rodergate and Vietnam and now with his relationship with Ali. What is it that you admire? What is the biggest aspect of Mr. Cavett that you admire the most? You know, you look at the archives of other talk shows, you just don't see the kind of people and getting, and he gets these answers from people, the things you want to hear. You know, he really is a terrific interviewer. I think it's an art that has gotten lost, not to take anything away from current TV interviewers. The format of the shows is different. Now you come on a talk show, you get six minutes to talk about your new movie. You could go on the Dick Cavett show and talk for 90 minutes about stuff that's on your mind, current events, whatever you're working on. It it was a different time. And those interviews in that archive are just stunning. And he's an amazing interviewer. And he's a really nice guy. And he let me do this. <laughs> so that's, that's another part of it that's pretty good. Well, I hope my interviewing skills was at least somewhat near Mr. Cavett's. Um, you're good. You're not quite Mr. So, Cavett yet, but you've got time. I got time. I got time to get there. So that's, I, I only hope to strive to be as good an interviewer as him. But with that said, thank you so much, Mr. Beta, for talking about your new documentary. It's been a pleasure, and I hope to see more from you. Well, thanks very much. Pleasure talking to you. His film, Ali and Cavett, The Tale of Tapes, premiered now. Hopefully, we, hopefully people will be able to see it on the big screen very soon, and it'll be out. We'll keep you posted on that. Thank you so much, Mr. Beta. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Ali and Kavet, the tale of the tapes, and next we'll be talking with Alejandra, Nathaniel, and Jolene about a wrinkle in time. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thank you for having thank us. You. Thank you for being here. I'm super excited about this film. I've heard a lot about it, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So, Alejandra, can you tell me a little bit about the storyline and what's going on in the film? Well, the storyline of My Wrinkle of Wrinkle in Time, it's about a girl that her dad just disappeared, and she discovered his book with all his inventions and all his theories about time. And she decides to go where he disappeared to. And she finds three misses that guide her her way and teach her life lessons that make her able and give her the ability to find her dad. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a really unique storyline. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, like it drew your it, it drew it draws your attention like completely. Wow, I love movies like that. So Nathaniel, I looked at the trailer and the costumes and the makeup all. They look really cool. What did you think about them? Um, well, the CGI and the makeup, uh, they're all fantastic. And um, a lot like a lot of the movies I've been seeing, because uh, like there's like a new age of um, CGI makeup and costumes and that it just makes films so much better. Wow, yeah, definitely. The 2018... And- the action sequences and everything is a level up here. And so, Jolene, what would you say about the sets and the many places that they travel to? Um, just like the CGI, um, it's, like, very pretty. It's so colorful. I, I wonder if they're real places on Earth or they just, like, edited the place. But it was really pretty there. And... Um, Everywhere they went was just colorful and amazing, except for the the IT headquarters, which is like the evil place. But yeah, I really liked it. It was so colorful. Awesome. And Alejandro, what would you say about the acting? Because there is some really amazing actors. Oprah Winfrey, Mindy Calling, Chris Pine. Yes, yes completely. Um, when I saw the actors that were part of the film, I was like, oh my god, this movie has to be so good. Oprah Winfrey, Ruth Witherspoon, Storm Reid, all these amazing actresses and actors that are part of the cast and crew. They definitely give a sense. They give, they add the, that extra mile to the movie that makes it even better. They're, like, their um, acting was amazing. They gave life to the characters in a very special way. I think the, the creators of the movie, they chose the people really carefully because when you see the movie you're like wow like for example oprah does her part amazing um storm does the part of meg like like she's like how she's supposed to and how people think meg um acts so i really think that they like all the actors are specifically where they need to be and like and who they portray awesome and um nathaniel what would you say about um, the cinematography as well, and how um, did they? How were they able to capture, you know, the beautiful background sets and the characters? Um, well, I'm not sure. Like uh, they, I'm pretty sure uh, the majority of it was CGI. So the scenery was great, and um, I also enjoyed the. I liked the camera angles and the way that they like had all of the different shots. Yeah, sounds like a great movie from what you've told me so far. And we'll continue right in one moment. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Ollie and Kavet, Saying It Sam, A Dog on Adventure, Cat in the Hat Season 2, Lily's Driftwood Bay Season 1, and now we're going to continue talking about A Wrinkle in Time. So you're just telling me about how all the different aspects, the acting and sets, were really amazing. Um, so Alejandro, what would you say your favorite part was? My favorite part was when Meg finds the three misses that kind of guide her way in life throughout the journey that she just 
entered with two of her best friends. I like that part because she just kind of enters to this magical world and you can really notice all the special effects and all the editing that those scenes have a lot in. And you like I was really surprised and I fell in love with all of with what they did to make it seem magical. Cool. And how about you, Jolene? What would you say um, your favorite part was? Um, my favorite part of the story was probably the part where they um, they um, went to the the hill with like all of the flower like animals. Like that was one of the like one of my favorite scenes because everything was like really colorful and pretty. And um, Mrs. What's It, she transforms into a different, like, kind of being. And the way that she transformed and, like, the being that she turned into was, like, really amazing to see. And it looked really realistic. Wow. And how about you, Nathaniel? What would you say your favorite part was? Um, I don't really know. Uh, but there is one thing that I disliked about the film. Oh, no. What did you dislike? Like, all of the wrinkle in time, the story that I've heard so far is pretty confusing. And it's, like, a bit too simple. And, like, it's not like a, a lot of movies nowadays with a bunch of action. And, like, it's just, I felt like something was kind of off about it. Because it was, like, there didn't seem to be, like, a, like a, I'm not sure. It just kind of seemed muddled. And it didn't have, like, uh, proper transitions. And so I just got a little confused and disappointed. Um, but um, I think that a lot of the other aspects made up for it. So. Cool. You know, I totally understand what you're saying. Sometimes, like, I, if the storyline is all muddled, then that can really take away from a lot of the movie. But did you have a favorite character, let's say? Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, I really like Charles Wallace, um, the main character's little brother. He's just a uh, funny and um, he's just a, uh, I don't know, I just think he's a really good addition to the story. Awesome. Yeah, and Alejandro, would you like to see a sequel? Because I realized that A Wrinkle Time is a part of a series of books. So would you be interested in seeing another one? Yes, I would definitely be super excited and would be looking forward to a sequel of the movie. When the movie ended, I kind of wanted to see more. It gave that effect to the audience, in my opinion, and I would definitely wait for one. Because, like, you, you have, like, like, you have, like, questions and things that you would like to get answered in, like, other movies and other sequels with another storyline. So, yeah, definitely I'll be waiting for one. Awesome. Yeah, it seems like a very interesting movie. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And Jolene, would you also like to see a sequel? Um, I, I would like to see a sequel because I feel like, I don't know, I didn't really like this one. I read the book and I liked it, maybe because I was younger back then, but now I feel like the story was like a really cliche and um the scenery and the cgi was amazing that part was like so beautiful but the plot of the story was a little little like cliche and i've like seen it before but if they could make a sequel that's different then yes i would totally watch it yeah that's kind of how i felt about the plot like it was cliched and muddled and like not the best Interesting. So there's some good aspects and there's some not so okay aspects. But Nathaniel, what would you say the what would you give um, as a star rating and what would the age range be? Um, I'd say probably four out of five because the the aspects are pretty good and I enjoyed that. Um, and I think that the age rating is maybe um, maybe like ten and lower. Cool. There, there's not much violence, but I think it'd be okay for a lot of kids. But um, maybe a bit too uh, violent, so maybe uh, maybe five to ten. Okay, that sounds like a good age range. And Jolene, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? 
for the age range, I would give it um, age five to around age 12 because there were some parts of it that I got scared of. I don't know, maybe just because I'm a little scaredy cat, but his <laughs> eyes like turned red and I was really scared. So five to 12 would be good. Cool. And finally, Alejandro, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I think the age range would be from 10 from 10 to from 10 up to be honest like since you're since you're like 10 to like you're an adult like maybe 20 cool and the star range I would I would say um four to five definitely it was a very amazing movie due to all the factors that we talked about throughout the radio show awesome thank you guys so much for talking with me I had a great time listening to you thank you for interviewing us thanks so check out this movie in theaters today let's take a break i'm sahifa and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by flugel's project egg hunt kids safe mother approved you're listening to voice america kids To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up Ooh, welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host Kiefer blakesley here we just got done talking about a wrinkle in time which i am so excited to see i love everybody in that movie so i can't wait to go check it out we also have the wonderful robert s Bader talking about his documentary and many other films we'll be talking about such as cat in the hat Season 2 and Driftwood Bay Season 1. Right now, we have the wonderful Raquel and Damon talking about the new app, Say It Sam. So, Raquel, can you tell us a bit about what the app is? So, the app is a learning game. It's a game for for those who have autism to, or children who have autism, to inspire them to, or motivate them to use their voices. You know, each, there's different modes where you name each color and correspond them with the shapes. And you're supposed to say it, you know, say it to Sam, saying it Sam. And then Sam gives you, like, oh, good job, or oh, try again. So, yeah, it's just an educational app to, for those with autism. And, Damon, do you know anybody, have you, uh, you try out the app yourself. Um, do you know anybody that, sh- that could be benefit from this app? Well, my... My mom does work in a school full of kids who have autism, so they would love that game. Has your mother tried it out in her classroom? No, I don't. I don't think so, but I think maybe she should. Definitely. So, what did you, um, Raquel? Um, why do you feel like apps like this are important to create? I feel like apps are like these are important to create because there are educational games for those who don't have that kind of um, restriction as far as edu- like what they get to take in and how much they absorb from different lessons. Educational games are for you know just the general people who just need help in general for getting their education, but those with autism, 
might need a game like this to actually, you know, help them with even, you know, just speaking and things like that. So this game can help those who need a game like this, who don't have games like this out, out for them already. And um, Raquel, do you know anybody in, like, in your life that you feel like can benefit from this? Um, unfortunately not, but, you know, there's a bunch of people that I know I haven't met, obviously, yet, who I know would definitely benefit from this app, and I hope that they do get to learn about this app. Uh, and Damon, what did you think was the most interesting aspect of the app? Well, I thought it was very interesting how that in every single different mode that they had, there was just like a different animation for whenever you say the right color for for the th for the shapes or items that are shown. But some some of those modes cost cost two dollars each. Interesting. Wow, not bad. And that's very, it's, it's very important because speech, not only is, is reading and writing very important, but I feel like a lot of people, need, we need to, speech is very important to teach kids, especially kids on the spectrum, the mental spectrum, because it's, especially with like outlets like this, the radio show, we, all of us are now on the radio show talking to one another and communicating. And it's not easy. I mean, I find it really hard. I had a speech impediment before I came on to the show, and I, and I always mixed up my R's with W's, so I was an Elmo Fudd. Be wary, wary, quiet, I'm hunting rabbits. So it's great to have apps like this to be able to like help people, not only with people on the spectrum, but also probably people with speech impediments as well. So, Raquel, what would you say is your favorite part about the app? Um, my favorite part about the app is probably how um, supportive the game is. You know, it's just a game. You wouldn't expect a game to be supportive. But it is. You know, even if you, I tried purposely to get the answers wrong and there is no, like, eh, you're wrong. Or, try, like, there's just a try again. Or not quite. Like, just, there's no, you're wrong and that's it. Move on to the next level. Like, there's just, it's, Sam actually himself, the character, is there on the corner of the screen and he's like, keep going, try again. And this is just um, supporting to know that even if you get it wrong, you know, you can try again. There's nothing wrong with getting the colors wrong or the shapes wrong. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Damon and Raquel, for talking about saying it, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Please be sure to go. If you know anybody who needs an app like this that can, like, benefit, help teach kids how to speak and, and develop their speech, Please go check it out at the App Store, saying it's Sam. Go check it out. With that said, you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attraction. This show is sponsored by Google's Perfect Egg Hunt. We're going to continue the show talking about Cat in the Hat Season 2 and Driftwood Bay Season 1. But right now, we're going to switch it over to Sahiba and Natalia about a doggone adventure. Thank you so much, YouTube, for being on the show. Let's get right into it, shall we? So, Sahiba, what is this film about well, this film is about a telepathic dog named Murphy who is separated from his owner in an alien encounter. And it's about how his journey and how he goes through many different exciting things and eventually tries to find its way home. Sounds like an adorable movie. So sorry about what did you enjoy most about it? Um, I have to say it was the dog because um, the way that they were able to pair the voicing with the dog's actions was really well done. And the dog seemed like a really good actor, <laughs> but um, I really liked him. He was really adorable and had a really interesting personality, which I liked a lot. I don't know why, but just sometimes when dogs or like any animal gets on screen, sometimes you just cast the right pet. Because there was a casting process with these animals. Because sometimes you get the most, like, empathetic creatures on the face of the earth. And it's just go, oh, my God. They can, they can deliver great performances. Wait until the Oscars put best dog in a leading role. It's going to happen one day, I swear. Now, Natalia, what did you enjoy most about the film? 
what I enjoyed most about the film is utterly Murphy because when they rescue Murphy, it really shows how they come together to save Murphy. It really takes true teamwork and it shows how they did that. And you have to wait and see how Murphy's rescued. It will certainly take you on an adventure just like Murphy. I love films that take me on to an adventure. Now, what did you guys think? What do you th- oh, how would you describe this film in three words? Let's go with you. Um, Natalia. What I would describe this film in three words is action-packed, lovable, and adventurous. What about you, Saiba? Oh, that's really hard. Unfortunately, I didn't really like it. But um, I will say adorable, um, adventurous, and chaotic. (laughs) Adventurous and chaotic. What do you have against adorable, adventurous, and chaotic films, Saiba? Explain yourself. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's just that um, I was a little unsure about the storyline and many of the effects and the acting I felt was really poorly done. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's, it's you know, you gotta be, you gotta be honest, which I... Again, for one who hasn't seen the film, which I will see the film afterwards because I'm actually interested. You know, sometimes like it's not really for that kind of de- demographic. But um, speaking of which, how, what is your age range for this film, Saiba? I would say it's um, for ages 7 to 12. Okay, fair. That's very fair. And how many stars would you give it, Natalia? I would give... Um this five out of five stars just because I absolutely love the film and what can I say I'm a proud dog lover I mean it reminds me of my own dog named Bobo just like Bobo Murphy's a very energetic and brave dog and Bobo is loves loves to play just like Murphy in the, in the, in the movie so that's a that's why I think I would give it a five out of five star rating just because it reminds me of my own dog Bobo and I love my dog Bobo, and get ready to head down a road filled with the usual risky undertaking. That's absolutely adorable. That's so cute. Well, thank you so much, YouTube, for talking about a doggone adventure. It was quite an adventure interviewing you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had an amazing time. This film is out now, so please go check it out with your canine friends. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahifa and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Ali and Kavet, A Wrinkle in Time, Saying It Sam, A Dog on Adventure, and next we'll be talking about Cat in the Hat with Rowan. Welcome to the show, Rowan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So tell me a little bit, um, what is this show about? 
And the Count the Hat knows all about that. Is basic. It, it basically it's in the same universe Doctor Seuss created, and it well, yeah, in that universe where basically it's the Cat in the Hat takes takes Sally and Nick, who are best friends and neighbors, on on like adventures in the Thingamajigger, to, and he goes and meets diff, uh, meet different people who tell them lots of information. Oh wow! Sounds very interesting. And so, how is the animation? I know you mentioned it's in a Dr. Seuss world. And um, yeah, so like the animation, like all of the like vehicles and the creatures are like they're like they're like proportioned the way the drawings in the Dr. Seuss books are. So like there's like there's like kind of things that couldn't be made real yet look real. Not look real, but look like they're possible, but aren't really. Awesome. Yeah, Dr. Seuss has a way of doing that. So what would you say um, about the voice acting, the two kids and the cat himself? And well, I like like the cat. I can't remember who did the voicing for the cat, but I liked how they were kind of, how like, like they were really, the voice was like really calm, yet also like very excited and happy. So it's like it wasn't monotone, yet it still felt monotone. Nice, that's interesting and very cool. So how about the sound effects and the music? And well, this show was filled with like different songs. Like like entire episodes were de- were just songs, and like they they were really good songs, but I feel like the animate animation that matched them could have been a bit more exciting. Okay, what do you mean by that? Like, was the animation? What happened to the animation? And um, well, one particular one it, that I didn't really like the animation was was some. It was something about how animals cool down. And the animation was this like really simple, just like like little little small like graphics of animals like just flapping their wings or running around in circles to a white background. And it was just like it was really boring and seemed like something that really anyone could have made. Oh, that's not good. And <clears throat> what would you say your favorite part was or your favorite episode? And my favorite episode in this DVD was Hear, Hear. That's like you can you can hear things and then hear is location. Um, I like this episode because it kind of broke away from like the normal format of each episode where they met one person who teaches them something. In this episode, they met three different animals who each had like very, very different types of ears. And like then they chose the best one to fit their current situation. Oh, wow, that's interesting. And I know you mentioned the um, variety of characters. So who would you say your favorite character was? I think my favorite character was the cat in the hat, just because like, he was funny. Awesome, yeah. Funny is definitely a huge quality when it comes to picking favorite characters. And um, what messages did you take away from watching this show? Well, like, I think the main message the entire show as a whole is trying to convey is that learning can be fun. And, like, each episode teaches, like, a different lesson in a different way, but tries to make it as fun as possible. Awesome. And what would you say something is, what is something that you would say is unique about it? And something that's unique about this show specific. Is well, I, I think like the characters because like these are characters that already existed in their own like set universe that's been like remade a couple times and like they they're really good characters that not met not many things could replicate so like this show is able to use them because it's based on the Doctor Seuss not books. Yeah, definitely. And um, what would you say the star rating and age range would be? Um, I 
give this show four out of five stars because I do like the animation, but it's a kind kind of a bit boring at points. And I I'm not recommended to like ages five to nine, something around that area, because because like it's it's like I feel like it'll be really boring for kids over like the age of ten. Okay, cool. This sounds like a really interesting show. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you so much, Rowan. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America's Kids Network. Today we're talking about Alien Cavette, The Tale of the Tapes, A Wrinkle in Time, Saying It Sam, A Dog on Adventure, and next we'll continue talking with Izzy, Dariana, and Raquel on Lily's Driftwood Bay, season one. So welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hey. So uh, can you tell me a little bit, um, you see, what is um, Lily's Driftwood Bay about? Lily's Driftwood Bay is about a girl named Lily, her best friend, Gold, and a bunch of imaginary friends that she makes up in her mind. Oh, how cool. And um, Dariana, how did you feel in watching it? Was it funny? Was it happy? Was it sad? Um, Lily's Driftwood Bay was really a lot of everything because it really gave kids valuable lessons, but like in such a fun way. And like there are definitely a few jokes here and there. Oh, that's good. And um, Raquel, so what would you say about the animation? Because I'm looking at it, it seems very different. The animations was kind of reminding me of a book that I had read when I was younger called No David No. And it's just an even mixture of realistic animations and, you know, obviously cartoony animations as well. Oh, very interesting. And um, Izzy, what would you say about the voice acting? The voice acting was great. Um, I think that the voices for Lily and Gold and all those other ones, they kind of really stuck out because they got the character just right. And they had the right accent and they, they were just really great voice actors and they did very, very well. Awesome. And Dariana, I know Izzy was telling us that there she meets many different characters along her way. Um, would you say that she, do you have a favorite character? Um, my favorite character would have to be Salty Dog. He's one of Lily's characters in her imagination. Um, I really like Salty because he's always there to help Lily in every situation. So I thought that was really nice. Oh, that's nice. And Raquel, did you could you relate to anyone in the show? Um, yeah, I definitely say that I could relate to Lily because she just has such an immense, you know, imagination and I did too as a child. So, you know, seeing her imagination and comparing it to mine, I was just like, Hey, we're both imaginative we could get along if you were a real person in life (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah and um izzy did you have a favorite episode my favorite episode was puffin muffins because it shows that um you know you have to let people try and kind of improve and stuff even if it's perfect the way it is maybe it'll be even better if you improve and then also to maybe try and let other people do you know their thing and be grateful for what they like awesome that's a really amazing message and Zariana how about you did you have a favorite episode my favorite episode was starfish in the sky where lily finds a telescope and um salty tells her about starfish in the sky I really liked it because it brought all the characters together in one episode and you can really see all of Lily's imagination. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And um, Raquel, what about you? What is your favorite episode? Um, Unfortunately, I don't have a favorite episode. I feel like all the episodes are kind of um, repetitive. 
So each, you know, each episode was just kind of similar to the last. I didn't really have a favorite episode. Okay, that's okay. How about a favorite part about the episode? One of my favorite parts um, of one of the episodes is when Lily is interacting with um, an older character, her uh, older relative, and her family. I'm not sure if it was the dad or the grandpa, but and she was just telling him about his her imaginations, and he was just trying to go along with it. And he wasn't really believing it. And what would you say that the age range and star rating would be? Um, the age range would probably be from five to maybe eight. And I give the film four out of five stars. Awesome. And how about you, Dariana? What would you say the star rating and age range would be? Um, I would recommend this film for ages four to eight years old because it's really... Um, it's about a kid's imagination, and I think that really speaks to younger kids. And I would give it a four out of five stars as well. Awesome. And how about you, Izzy? What would you say the age range and star rating would be? I say it would be two to nine years old, and I also think older people would enjoy it because of the animation. It's really, really cool. And um, the star rating is three out of five stars for me. And because I you know, recommend it for smaller children is because the episodes are short and easy to watch. And as you know, little babies and toddlers will just run around all over the place and easily get distracted. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, this sounds like a really interesting and adventurous DVD. And thank you so much for talking with me. I had a great time talking with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So be sure to see this DVD today. And thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And be sure to have a wonderful St. Patrick's Day this Saturday to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.